0: You know what has been a total and absolute pl- pleasure is like everyone loves this scene and talks about it a lot but just having people just be overjoyed to talk about it and uh like put even just type the numbers out like in reviews or whatever like I I saw someone posted a review and they used like a funny uh gif that where someone was saying 69 um and I was like yeah this is great like I'm so glad it brought joy. <laughs> That's all
1: I want. Welcome, steam lovers. This is Steam Scenes, and I am your host, El Greco. This week, Erin LaRosa is on the steam seat. Erin got her start in publishing at Random House, but the job took away her creative itch. So she abandoned publishing and headed to E! Online, where she covered, wait for it, The Kardashians. Before working at Buzzfeed, I was in pop culture heaven talking to Erin, and you get to hear us nerd out about all the things. Erin knows the Try Guys. Erin knows the Try Guys. So cool. Erin also has a super secret job writing TV movies, which I'm kind of obsessed with. But have no fear, my fellow steamers, we're also talking naughty bits. She enjoys writing sex scenes, but also acknowledges they are a lot of hard work. Writing them goes beyond just listing body parts, but really digging into the character's emotions. And I promise you her steamy scene from For Butter or Worse will make you squeak. Buckle up friends, this is a good one. This episode is brought to you by Reckless Deck, or should I say, the Reckless Deck Anthology, which features a short story by yours truly. I stretch back to my urban fantasy days with the devil's tattoo, a prequel almost a novella to a new series that maybe I will finally someday get around to writing. You can pre-order copy at a place with a really long URL, so I will drop that in the show notes. One more thing, if you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Let's help others like you celebrate the naughty bits. Now, let's get on to the interview. Erin LaRosa has written many highly engaging tweets, as a social media manager, but on her way to writing romance, she's also published two humorous nonfiction books, "Woman Skills" and "The Big Redhead Book." Guess what? Spoiler alert: She's redhead. She lives in Los Angeles <laughs> with her husband and three daughters—one human, two felines. Find her on Twitter and Instagram at Erin Larosa Lit, and on TikTok at Erin Larosa Writes. Welcome, Erin, to Steam Scenes, and congratulations! You, thank you so much. Just had a book come out. Yeah, my
0: book came out a few days ago, and um, it was kind of a blur the day of. But I have been having so much fun, and it's just been wonderful to hear from
1: readers who are connecting with the book and are excited to be reading it. So thank you. That's so cool. So this is your very first romance book, and it was picked up by Harlequin, which is also congratulations. I was so excited uh, because
0: my, you know, my. My parents, when I told them uh, that I had a book deal, my parents were like, oh, my gosh, we know Harlequin. Like, we know what that is. And I have parents who are like in medicine. They they have no insider knowledge of (laughs) publishing, but it is one of those publishers where you're like, I know what Harlequin is. I'm very familiar with who they are. And they've been such a wonderful team to work with.
1: So burning question when you told your parents, like, did they know that there were going to be naughty (laughs) bits in this book? (laughs) So the
0: first question I ever got from them around that was that my mom um, was visiting and it was after I had had the book deal and had been working on rewrites. And she said to me, she was like, you know, um, I was out to dinner with Susan and she said to me, you know, that since it's a romance book, there are going to be sex scenes in it. And I told her I didn't know if that was true. And then she looked at me and she was like, so are there going to be sex scenes in it? And, you know, I grew up in a very Catholic family. My mom, I think that was the first time my mom had ever said the word sex to me. So I was so floored. But I, you know, I looked at her and I just said, I was like, yeah, there are sex scenes in it. I was like, you can tell your friend that, surprise, I know how to have sex. And I wrote about it. Um, <laughs> so, and your mom was like. Oh. You know, my mom's a pretty good sport, and so she started kind of, like, nervously laughing and hasn't brought it up (laughs) since, but I... (laughs) Um, I'm very curious if she is ever going to read it because she's a little more on the conservative side than my my dad loves like vampire books so I know that he's like found some that probably have a lot of sex in them and so he read my book in a day like cover to cover um and you know he didn't bring up the sex scenes at all he just was like that was a really great book good job (laughs) I, you know, I kept looking over at him and being like, What page are you on? Oh. Kind of like, Wait, you
1: were in the room to... while he was reading it?
0: I was in the room. He visited me and he grabbed it because I finally got an advanced reader copy. And he was like, Oh, your book. And I was like, Yeah. And so he just was on my couch in the living room and I would check in like periodically and be like, Are you okay?
1: Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God,
0: that's
1: kind of <laughs> awkward.
0: <laughs> it was so awkward, but I was like, Well, I have to like accept that this is going to happen. And I guess it's happening in front of me. <laughs> I don't know. That's... He's a really fast reader. So the only thing I can hope is that he just like skimmed through them. That is my own. Yeah. Note. He
1: was just like flip, flip, flip. So I, okay. I mean, yeah. you might not be able to answer this. Cause sometimes, you know, I sort of <laughs> ask this question and people are like, I don't know how many, how many scenes are, how many naughty scenes are there? So I think there are four total. Oh, Um, that's a good amount, actually. It's a good amount.
0: (laughs) It's a good amount. And um, yeah, I think there are four total. So I, you know, my next book that I'm writing, which is going to come out next summer, um, has even more (laughs) and feels dirtier to me, like you were talking about um, you know, you just got back from a massage before our interview. Like there is a naughty massage in my book. There's There's role playing. Yeah. There it's, it's much naughtier of a book. And I'm kind of like, I think I have to actually tell my parents not to read my next book (laughs) because I will just be like
1: too, uh, humiliated. Uh, Oh my God. Well, okay. First my listeners, before you think I'm all bougie, I did get a massage, but it was work. (laughs) It was for work. I'm actually... I'm sorry, I totally (laughs) called you out on it, but it was related.
0: But I want a massage. I mean, that's something to celebrate. I know. Let's let's all go get massages this week. I
1: highly recommend everybody get a massage, although the poor therapist, I was like, okay, so I'm going to record, I'm going to leave my phone on the whole time and record, so everything you say to me is going to be on. And then I was like asking questions through the whole thing. I was like, so what do you do now? What does that do? And I (laughs) And he didn't know, like, he had no idea that this was for magazine coverage. He thought I was just going to be a client. So I was like, sorry. Um, (laughs) Anyway. um, um, So did you get, like, a multiple book deal with Harlequin when you signed? Or did you just... Yeah. uh, Yeah. what
0: so I got I know I was so I'm so lucky I got a two book deal Um, and I kind of sold it as you know this would be a Hollywood series because my first book is about two uh, hosts of a celebrity cooking show who have to fake date in order to save their careers I'm an LA girl mm-hmm. and so you know when I was talking to the editor at Harlequin I was like you know I feel like this could really be a whole Hollywood series and it can take place in different parts of LA and every book has like their part of LA and their part of fame. And um, so anyways, they gave me a a two book deal and I'm, I'm writing a spinoff book uh, right now. So I'm, I'm in revision mode on that with my editor and that'll come out next year. But I, you know, it was so nice to, to know, like, oh, okay, this won't be the end of the journey for these characters. I get to write another book for them and
1: hopefully more. So now, did the characters that are in your next book, did they show up in this one, or are these or are these? They do. Okay. yeah. Okay. So, um, the next book is about Sophie,
0: and she is Nina's sister. Very cool. Um, and so, we see her in book one, and then we get her story in book two, and we, we get to see some of our old friends from book one in book two, so it's a little bit of a a universe thing, but kind of like You know, the first series I read like that was Jasmine Guillory's um, The Proposal Series. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read those books out of order. And it was a real pleasure to kind of like go back to the first one and be like, oh, I remember that character because I saw them in the third book or whatever I started with. Um, and I'm trying to make my books kind of feel like that way too. So you don't have to start in order. You can just kind of pick one up and enjoy it.
1: Oh, you know, that's so funny. Cause I, I mean, gosh, I feel like we've got so much in common. I have a series set in LA. It is about celebrity. It sounds like you're doing fabulous different celebrities though. Mine is just really musicians. Um, but it sounds like you're doing, like, reality TV and, like, like all sorts of different whatever.
0: Different kinds of fame. Yeah. But, I, you know,
1: here's the thing is, like,
0: I could read romance books set in L.A. all day. I love um, reading about celebrity culture and listening to podcasts about celebrities. And I, I just, like, there aren't that many romance books set in L.A. Um, and so... I, I am so excited to hear that. I have to check that out because that
1: sounds delightful. Well, thank you. Go. It was five books, LA Rockstar series. But, to, you know, to your point. I'm on it. Um, <laughs> to your point um, about, you know, sort of like getting into a series midway. Um, I'm so glad that you said that because I've written all these standalones um, and you can enter at any point, but obviously the whole experience, may, you know, it's a, diff- it's a different experience if you read them in order, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of love the idea of starting later with a series and then going, oh, I want to read these other – and then you start at the beginning and you go through and you almost Mm -hmm. like enjoy the reread all over. You know what I mean? Even more than – Yeah, it was
0: really fun. I mean, I don't know – I don't know how Jasmine would
1: would prefer her
0: books to be read, but I really enjoyed uh, being able to – to kind of read them out of order and it didn't feel like it took away from anything for me. So yeah, I, I loved it. Very
1: cool. So, you know, I mean, we all have our reasons, but like why LA and why celebrity culture just because you're obsessed with it or is there something?
0: Yeah. You know, I think um, for me, LA has felt like one big kind of love story because kind of the moment I moved here, it felt like, la just opened up a lot of new worlds for me like i made so many new friends here um i came from new york
1: like new york city right? or new york? I've been from upstate
0: new york city yeah i um i had lived there for so I, I grew up in florida i went to school in boston and then i moved to new york actually to work at random house as like a assistant there oh my so i live yeah i know <laughs> i really saw how the sauce gets made and um I was there for a year to the day because I, I just kind of knew six months into working and in publishing, I was like, you know, I, I want to be the one writing the books. Mm. I don't want to be the, the one making them. And so um, I I left Random House and I I moved back home to Florida for a couple of months while I like figured out what I was going to do and then eventually landed out in LA. But I just felt like when I moved out here, everything kind of clicked for me and um started working out and set me on the path that I am on now. So I I love Los Angeles. I think it's such a sprawling, fun city with so many different neighborhoods yeah. and I like exploring those in writing. So um there's that part and then with celebrity culture, I I am obsessed with that. I I find a lot of um I feel like I, I kind of do deep dives into Hollywood families in particular, like those families that have like kind of dynasties of yeah. people like Drew Barrymore, these people who come from Hollywood backgrounds and how they kind of continue to stay in there but yeah, I think celebrities are really fascinating and yeah. uh, whether they like it or not I
1: am obsessed with them LA has such a mystique to me like, I have such a love-hate with it, I used to go out there a lot for work um, mm-hmm. never lived out there, I lived in New York and I would, like, it just was always like, maybe I should move here. Maybe I should move here. Then I had to get in the car and drive. And then I was like, I could never yeah. live here. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I, you know, when I was in New York, I obviously had the pleasure of taking, like, public transit everywhere, which was so great. And then... But I think because I had been living in Boston and then New York and had not had a car for so many years, for some reason, like once I got a car back, I was like, oh my God, I forgot like some of the the joys of having a car, like being able to go on a road trip or like being stuck in traffic and kind of like listening to a great podcast or whatever it was. So I, I think like I had, I had, um, I don't know. I just had like a, a unique experience with the car too. And obviously now like there are moments where I'm in my car and I'm like, this is not great. I don't want to be driving right now. Well, I mean, I just, um, and I'm I, just still
1: sort of like sitting here. My mind is working over the joy of sitting in traffic. Like, what are you talking okay, about? Okay. So here's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what? Here's what I'm
0: talking about. Yeah. Here's what I'm talking about. Um, for example, I was actually going to, so this is like, I'm going to sound like that SNL skit where they're like, you take the five and you get off at La Brea and then you get on the one ten. But I was going from Silver Lake to Culver city to the rip bodice to go to a, um, a reading there of a friend's book. And while I was in traffic, I had been trying to figure out the plot for book three and I had been so stuck on it and I turned on some music. And by the way, I'm, I'm, so excited to read your rockstar series because i am terrible with music and so i love when people are actually good about like talking about it and know what they're saying but i don't know that i, I know was what listening saying, to... but thank you uh. <laughs> well <laughs> i'm excited we'll, we'll, we'll talk later about that um i was listening to legit justin bieber music so that tells you how good i am at music um and I just had like a breakthrough with my my book three idea where I was like, oh, I figured it out. But it was only because I was stuck in the car by myself right. for like forty five minutes listening to music that was kind of for for whatever reason I usually break plot while listening to music. But again, it's not it's not like esteemed music. It is pop pop music. But um, anyways, I. So anyways, that's that's kind of for me, like, those are my moments where I get time to myself. Right. I think because I have also, like, a toddler at home. So, like, just being stuck in
1: a car sometimes is, like, actually, like, oh, this is a break for me. <laughs> <laughs> Please, traffic, pile up. Well, I'm curious. When, when you say you have these aha moments, particularly when you're in a car, you're listening to music, like, yeah, here's my struggle, right? Like, I'll get them in the shower or I'll get them when I'm, like, on yeah. a run or something like that. What mm-hmm. do you do? Do you do you do yeah, the voice so... memo? Do you just remember it? Like, how do you de- how do you handle this?
0: So when I'm in the car, like the thing I did was like I kind of kept talking to myself out loud. So probably people driving next to me were like, "Oh, cool! Like this lady is unhinged." <laughs> um, but I will like say whatever is in my head out loud so that I try to make it stick. And then as soon as I parked my car, I did pull out my notes app and I did yeah like notes about what I had said. And I just kind of kept repeating it in my head to myself to kind of keep it there. But I have the same problem where like, again, I'll get great ideas, like, in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping, like, I'll wake up and be like, Oh, I was just like, dreaming about my book idea and figuring it out. And now I'm gonna, but I I don't sleep with my phone next to my head, because I get I get like, really distracted by it. Mm -hmm, So then I try to like, those are the ones the times when I really lose an idea where I'm like well this is going to be gone forever and I'm so sorry idea that I just had
1: I like the idea of, of saying it out loud believe me I've been trying to use my voice memo app more like especially if I'm like out walking the neighborhood or something you know and I'll be like right like you said on a
0: run like that's a great time to get ideas but yeah. then yeah it's like oh yeah. uh, I'm going to lose them right
1: yeah. away <laughs> and so I'll just be like walking out and I'm chattering 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 to myself and like if somebody walks by me or they're outside or whatever and they like look at me like they think I'm talking to them and i'm like no really just having a conversation with myself all good so you said book three
0: yes
1: (laughs) so so you've got a two book deal but you're working on book three now um how many many books do you think you're gonna have in this series or is it like i'm kind of when
0: i I pitched it to my editor
1: yeah when i pitched it to my editor i was like endless
0: it will be endless um but But I have no idea, you know, I I, basically what we're doing now is like, um, because I'm now an author of Harlequins, what I can try to do is like write the first three chapters of a book, plus uh, a detailed outline, and sell a book off of that. So it's really dependent on (laughs) this book three, like, outline and chapters, which is what I'm working on now. But like, you know, we'll try to sell that this year and see if that goes. And if it doesn't, then you know, I would kind of go back to the drawing board and think like, okay, do I want to do this story at a different publisher? Or do I want to like, come up with a new idea and send it to Harlequin again and see if they like a new idea. So I'm in I'm in the stage of like, my second book, I've written it where I'm getting notes back from my editor soon on that but also you know you as an author you have to keep trying to sell more and more so you just keep working on the next one too so I've got multiple stories in my head
1: right now well yeah so here I'm kind of I mean this is like a little bit inside baseball and kind of logistical but if you have a series started with Harlequin and let's say they they passed on book three right can you mm-hmm. continue the series with a different publisher or do they own the rights to the series do you know what I mean? Yeah, so
0: I think, yeah, I think you technically can continue it with
1: a different publisher. Okay. Um, but
0: I don't know how, I don't know the insides of how that works. And probably like, say they they didn't like my idea for book three, I I might like kind of reconfigure it so that it feels like a standalone book and doesn't mm. bring in any of the other characters from the outside universe. Okay. So just kind of like reconfiguring that a little bit, which I think would be totally fine. Okay.
1: That's super cool. Um, I want to sort of tumble back a little bit because you said something that really struck me when you were working at Random House and you had that, you know, moment of, I want to be the one writing the books, not making them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When you, before you came to New York, when you were going through school and all that, were you like on the track to be a writer? And you just were like, well, this is what writers do. They go be editors or they go work in Mm -hmm. publishing.
0: Yeah, so I had an interesting journey because, you know, I grew up in Florida, my parents were all in uh, medicine, and so was my extended family. And so I think everyone kind of thought I would go into medicine, my brother went into medicine. um, But, and being a writer had not even occurred to me until I was in high school. And I had a teacher who wrote a comment on a paper of mine. And she said, you know, you're a really good writer, and you should think about doing that as a career. Mm. And I... Then it, I just sort of, you know, maybe it sounds silly that I had never thought that that could be a career for me, but I didn't see it anywhere around me. Like I didn't have examples of people who were creative and making a living and and doing that around me. So, um, I kind of took a risk and I I applied to a lot of kind of art schools and I, I got into Emerson College yeah. and I I studied. Writing literature and publishing there, which is a really long major, but um, uh, worded major, I mean. But um, they they had like you know a whole department dedicated to like the business of books and journalism and things like that. And so you know, as I was going through school, I did a lot of internships in publishing because my parents kept kind of asking me like, "How are you going to make money? Like, what are you going to do with this weird degree?" And I didn't have an answer, you know, like, because again, I didn't, I did not have examples of people that I could point to and be like, I'm going to be like this person, even though I loved reading books. And I did a lot of creative writing classes and would write stories and, um, like think about books a lot and, and start book projects. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of then became focused on like, well, I'll, I'll work at a publisher. That's how I'll make money at this. Cause that's an actual job that I can like say I have a nine to five job and I'll make, I'll make money that way. And so, you know, I really did everything I could to get a job at Random House. That was my goal. Cause I was like, that's the biggest publisher in the world. If I get that, you know, it'll show my parents, like I accomplished this big thing and I can make money at it. But then Once I was there, I was sort of like, oh, I just felt like that creative itch Mm -hmm. that I was able to scratch when I was at school through writing there was then totally snuffed out. Mm. Like there was no creativity that I could tap into. Um, I was working all the time and it just did not feel right. And I'm someone who, even though my parents, You know, kept asking questions about money. My my mom also used to encourage me to take risks and to trust myself. And so I just said, like, this doesn't feel good, and I think I am going to be really sad if I'm not writing. Um, And so then I went back home, and I you know I started the process of applying to grad schools for writing because I thought I would buy myself more time. But you know, like. To be honest, I kind of did everything I could to avoid becoming a writer because I did not think I would be able to make money by it.
1: Okay, and so, that makes sense, actually. That totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and I think probably like, you know, I then got jobs writing for um, websites, like that was kind of a way that I paid my helped pay my way through uh, college because I had a, a scholarship for grad school and then needed more money just to live and, um, started doing like articles for like $5 a pop for like vegan times or whatever <laughs> random website I could find that would hire me. Um, but then I, but then I started getting bigger jobs. Like I started running, writing for funnier or die. And I got my first, um, full-time job working at E! Online and specifically writing for the Kardashians. <gasps> oh, <So I, laughs> what? I,
1: you, were, yeah. you were doing the Kardashian coverage?
0: Yes, I did all of their Keeping Up With The Kardashian website and everything, like the social, uh, posting articles to the website. That was all me. Um, and That's
1: bananas. How long did you even do that for? So I think I did that
0: for about a year, and then I had a friend who I was a huge fan of, of BuzzFeed and this mm. was like early days BuzzFeed at the time like people did not know about right. it it was only you know only if you were cool did you know about BuzzFeed yeah. so I had a friend that was like you know they're opening an LA office would you be interested oh God, so you
1: were, you were one of the LA people like the first LA people yeah
0: Ooh. yeah I was I was employee number five in LA oh when shit. they opened an LA office oh <laughs> so shit.
1: do you know the Try Guys
0: yes oh I, I do <laughs>
1: Yes, I do. love the try guys. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're great. And I um like my kid goes to school with Ned's kid. Um, so oh it's, fu- it's like such a small world in LA because I, I see Ned now and we like talk about life post BuzzFeed. Yeah, and it was
1: hell to work there.
0: Yeah, and you know Keith um actually was the cameraman for me. I did like a red carpet video at the Oscars and he was our little cameraman cuz he was like an intern at the time and um and Eugene I was just like always obsessed with because he is such like an a genius. Yeah. He is so wonderful. And so and you know I I was there in those super early days. Um, and that was a real dream job for me because I did feel super creative, and that's when I wrote my two nonfiction books when I was there. And um, but you know, I I just liked writing books more than I liked yeah. uh, writing yeah. writing for websites. So I mean,
1: I feel like okay. First of all, the e gig feels like that is like a high burnout job.
0: Yeah, um, that was a job where I was working from like eight AM to like eight PM because we had to do um, I had to do like live coverage when the show was on and then we were also dealing with like the Kardashians lawyers yeah. and um, getting feedback on you know I had to send anything
1: I wrote to, to the Kardashians yeah. lawyers. Yeah and everybody everybody, everybody has wild. to sign off on it and everybody yeah yes. yeah, yeah and I imagine It was wild. Because they have an they have like like an iron clamp around their brand.
0: Yeah. And I think that is why they're so successful. And I really did learn to respect Chris in a lot
1: of ways because
0: I was like, Oh, this woman is no joke. Like you are not going to fuck with her and her kids. Like she understands, um, how to, how to run a business.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I'm 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 still in awe of like how all of that happened, you know, and like the sort of like celebrity yeah. microcosm that you know I've you know, spent twenty years doing entertainment PR, so you know I in New York, and so I've been in that world, and it's sort of, and I don't know, and and I was there when the Kardashians started, and I was just kind of like, what is going on, you know? Because there, I mean, you know, there was a lot of ballyhoo around them for really like. What do they do besides be rich? <laughs> I know it
0: feels like you know it was it was interesting to me because I because I had to watch them twenty four seven and the Kardashians was not a show that I had watched before my job there so I had to kind of like catch up with the Kardashians um, <laughs> not keep up catch up and then keep up. Um, So, you know, it felt to me like they were, you know, being famous kind of is a full time job in so many ways. And I think we all probably can acknowledge, even begrudgingly, that they work really hard to get all of the money they have. But like that question of like, are these the people that should have all the money? Like that's, you know, that's a looming
1: one. (laughs) So, okay, so this turned into you know, your, your website work and all that turn into these two nonfiction books with women's skills and the big redhead book. And obviously they are nonfiction comedic, um, yeah. sort of satirical ish. Yes. Know? Yeah. Um, which I was like, that's so cool, but I'm kind of like, where do, how do you go from these nonfiction books to <laughs> romance?
0: Yeah. So, you know, um, it's interesting because the the fiction that I would write and I would say like writing nonfiction uh, was not my goal. It's just sort of something I kind of fell into, but writing fiction was something I did um, in high school, all throughout college. You know, I was, I was one of those kids who had um, like fan fiction websites uh, all throughout middle and high schools. So I was writing A lot of fanfic stories, which feel like romance to me. Like, if you go back, they're just really kissing stories. Um, You know? Uh, And in college, in my creative writing classes, I actually like did write some, what would probably be called erotica and- You were writing these in classes? yeah. And my teacher, my poor teacher was like, are you sure you want to submit this for critique? Because this was like a critique <laughs> kind of class. And I was like, so confident. I was like, yep, let's do it. And just got like ripped apart in these
1: critique classes. But okay, okay, um, wait, hold on, hold on. Raising my hand, <laughs> raising both hands. You can't see me. Uh-huh. Um, what were they ripping you about? Part for was it because they didn't understand? Okay, so I hate taking writing classes. I absolutely I do too. despise them. I do too.
0: Uh, I know. I think. I think the good thing about these like schools is, you know, for for someone like me who had zero connections in books or publishing or writing, like it introduced me to people. It kind of gave me a sense of the landscape, and that was important because, like. Part of part of publishing and writing is, it can be like, who do you know? Right. Like, I wouldn't have gotten my BuzzFeed job if, if a friend didn't like loop me in and say, you know, hey, like, this, I, right. I want to tell you about this new job. So, but yeah, I agree. Like, critique classes are so discouraging. I've never had one where I was like, this is great. And it's helping me. I
1: mean, and I have a very good friend who runs um, the English department at a major State college, major university. Uh-huh. And she's always kind of arguing with me about this. She's like, but you get so much out of it. You know, it's it's almost more important about how you critique. That's where you learn with your critique, not necessarily because my thing is I want the teacher to critique my work because I'm looking at the instructor as somebody who knows more than me. Exactly. I don't know about the person sitting next to me. And the thing is you know, maybe I feel like maybe if it was like a group of people that all wrote romance, right, that would be one thing. Mm -hmm. But when you're a genre writer, and you go into a writing room with people who are not genre writers, like they're doing lit lit fic, or they're doing, you know, whatever it is. and, And I'm, you know, this could be me, but my experience with these classes is that it's always people that are doing lip fic and not doing that was my experience (laughs) (laughs) like there is just a real lack of understanding and and you know let's face it they're kind of like a little bit of like a snootiness there about what that was also my experience that was your experience like so I can't even imagine what what the hell were they saying (laughs) I think
0: um, there was a lot of, I I feel like there were a lot of like nervous giggles. Um, It was a lot of like, you know, people just like not even knowing what to say. And I think my teacher did a good job of trying to guide the conversation. And she, she said this thing that was, I think, very, very generous of her. But she said something along the lines of like, you know, Aaron has done something very elevated where she's told a story within a story, you know, on the surface it reads, you know, kind of like, like a, a romance, but really deep, deep within it is this story about a, a broken woman and you know, all of this, whatever. Yeah. I thought it was so sweet of her to do that. I was like, thank you for trying to like put me, because, because it was all people who were studying literature with a capital yeah. L and, um, were you know not I I feel like I went into a a blackout state after that where I just like didn't hear anything like I just heard kind of the white hum of like "Mm," in my head and uh so but you know like the the stories that I turned in in that class were either funny stories like I wrote a story about a blueberry who had a personality and could talk about like being trapped in you know his little carton and had to he had to escape and um like, it was just, like, a dark, funny story. And then my other stories were these sex stories. So, you know, like, co- college was not for me in that, in that sense, like, because I was not going to be the next, you know,
1: literature with a capital L person. Well, so I kind of love that you didn't try to adapt your writing. Like, I feel like I would have been like, yeah. oh, that's not what this class is. Let me try being literature with well, a capital to be, L, you Well, know? to be
0: clear, when I went to grad school, I, I did do a story... <laughs> But I tried to be uh, literature heavy, and my friend uh, liked to call it the cancer baby story, and um, <laughs> it was because, because I like that's <laughs> not funny. <laughs> no, <I'm- laughs> oh, why would, that, why be would funny? that be funny? Why would cancer baby be funny? It was like it was a story where I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick two very serious things, like, <laughs> like you know what. Up-
1: yeah I was <laughs>
0: talk about them in one short story and obviously that was very well received. I'm kidding, it was not
1: well <laughs> Well, I mean all the um, it's not like all of a sudden like your voice changes, right?
0: Like it's yes, all of a sudden Yeah, you're trying you're trying to mimic someone that someone else and who you're not and uh, I think people can see right through that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So how did you get through grad school?
0: Oh man, I you know <laughs> Grad school, I think the maybe the the best part of grad school was just that it bought me time and mm-hmm. the fact that I didn't have to pay for it because I did get a scholarship. And I had writing teachers from undergrad who were very clear with me, and they said, "You know, if you're going to go to grad school for writing, try everything you can not to pay for it because you may never be able to repay it, mm. um, especially if you want to be a writer. it's so it's so expensive to go to grad school. And so, it bought me time. And in that time, like when I was in grad school, that's when I started writing for websites. That's when I started writing for funny or die. And so it kind of was this gig where like I taught as part of my scholarship. So they paid for my school and then gave me money to teach, and so it allowed me to live very simply, mind you. I was eating a lot of just like Trader Joe's canned beans and like PBJs, but whatever. I was I was so happy to be writing
1: again, right? Um, right. So, so this was really about buying the time. I'm just sort of like doing the work though, because you still have to like show up and do the do the work and go to the totally. Classes. And I
0: did. You know, I took I took classes that were luckily it wasn't all. Um, fiction writing, so I actually took like a playwriting course. I took um, script writing, so I was able to do comedy in those. Okay, um, and that is sort of what I infuse my books with too—is a lot of comedy, and I think because of grad school I learned a lot about dialogue and mm-hmm. and you know my other gig that I do on top of books now is I write made for tv movies so oh, grad school gave me that yeah <laughs> wait wait
1: wait wait wait. okay this wasn't in your bio that's true it's not in my bio oh my god like we're talking like are we talking like lifetime hallmark yes
0: we are so like I had one that just filmed and it's called I guess I'm I'm hooked on pun titles but it's called time for love and it's t-h-y-m-e and it's about a landscape architect and a paleontologist (laughs) and that just filmed wait oh
1: wait because i'm like wait why do i this sounds wicked familiar and you can tell actually from the new england area because i'm like wicked wicked familiar (laughs) and i know you know that boston yeah um Uh and i feel like i might have seen a. a promo for this but if it just finished there's no, no way there's yeah no way. it just finished okay. but right.
0: uh, yeah so you wouldn't have seen it and and it's not clear like if if it will come out because the company I work with it's like they'll film movies and then they try to sell them to different places that play made for TV So but yeah so like grad school <laughs> gave me
1: you know the tools to do things like that as well wow so here's a question because of your work in the industry and you know when you're writing your novels, are you writing them with an eye towards, uh, some sort of adaptation? Well, I think with, for better or worse, I didn't. Um, and
0: I, th- I think because the pitch I did w- for it was very catchy. Like if Mary Barry Mary and Paul Hollywood had to fake date in order to save their careers. Like I did get a lot of interest from film agents. So I have a film agent. We haven't sold the rights, but with book two, you know, know, it's interesting. Like basically when I come up with pitches now for books, I do, I do frame it as like the comp titles are movie adjacent where it'll be like, it's this meets this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do, I do think now I am skewing more that way where I think about it a little bit cinematically where I'm like, okay, what's the, like something I've learned from, from writing for movies is like, what is the hook? Mm. Like, what is the thing? What is the actual story about? Um, And I do like to be able to say what it's about very clearly. Um, And if I can't, then I start to worry like, oh, is there a plot there?
1: Right. Um,
0: I do think a lot about plot. And I think a lot of writers
1: approach novels from the point of view of, character first but actually i i do approach it with with plot first oh that's really interesting because i do i i'm a character first um person i'm guessing if you plot, yes um you must outline i do i
0: outline heavily and so i'm i'm like a plotter versus you know what they what they call pantser where you're just kind of seeing where it goes yeah um okay. but yeah i plot out and i i go first by plot
1: and then figure out the characters oh wow that's yeah because i work in a completely different like I like completely I know yeah yeah. I
0: think most writers go character first and and I for whatever reason do plot
1: I mean honestly I think that it's probably smart right because you're right like people say well what's your book about and I'm always like well yeah (laughs) I mean I know it's about (laughs) like it's tropey but I guess I I also sort of struggle with the well it's sort of an enemies to lovers but it's kind of more you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I feel you no I I mean like I don't think there's a right or a wrong way it's just everyone's brain is so different and it works so different and I I actually did an event um in LA this week with this author JC Lee who I love and she was saying you know she's character first and they like talk to her in her head and she like she writes her books within like I think she said like six weeks and I was like oh my god I was like how do you do it but she just said they pour out of her and you know, for me, it takes me a while because I I outline first and I have to figure that out first. Right,
1: right. I do a bit, I mean, my character work always comes first. Then I do a bit of outlining, but I do pencil a big part of it. I'm a planter. So I live like in that liminal space. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll write an outline and then I'll just ignore it. Like that's my favorite thing to do, which is gets really frustrating because yeah. it does take a long time to write an outline. And then when you like just discard it, because you're like, you just, yeah. I just go, and all of a sudden I'm on chapter 17, and I'm like, oh, wait, let me pick up the yes. outline. And I'm like, what? Right. How did I end up here?
0: Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I,
1: I mean, with For
0: Better or Worse, I did not – the first draft I did, um, I did not plot – and uh, I ended up literally having to rewrite the entire book, and so I think that scarred me so much uh, <laughs> that <laughs> I I had to change tactics there. So, so
1: all of the all of the writing work that you're doing, uh, I mean, apart from writing erotica, you <laughs> your literary yeah. you're <laughs> for college, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess that that is like th- you probably had no there was no pro like no hesitation with writing the sex scenes and the romance. I mean, I love
0: writing sex scenes. And actually for for book two, I wrote the sex scenes first before anything. (laughs) So so I don't know if it's because I was raised in such a strict, like conservative Catholic upbringing that now it's just like, I'm like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to write about sex and I'm going to write about it unapologetically. But I like, part of why I love romance is the, the sex scenes. Like, you know, I love I love a good closed door romance too, but like I I buy books and like remember specific authors where I'm just like, oh, they write amazing sex scenes. Like Olivia Dade writes incredible sex scenes. I like messaged her on Twitter once and she doesn't know me, but I just reached out and I was like, Um, I need you to know that these sex scenes are incredible and I love them. And she wrote back and she was like, thank you. They're my favorite thing to write. And I was like, I can tell that you're enjoying yourself.
1: Um, What makes them so incredible for you? Like what, what is it about reading them?
0: I think uh, for, with Olivia's, um, she does a really great job of building and building, and building, uh, so that by the time you reach her sex scenes, you're just, like, your own pants are flying off, you're like, okay, where is the vibrator, I need to, (laughs) I need to buckle up for this, Um, but, you know, like, I, I think what she does is she really draws out her sex scenes, like, I mean, pages and pages long, and so you really, like, she doesn't rush through anything, there's a lot of Uh, connection between the characters Mm -hmm. it's not just kind of like you knowing that they're they're having sex it's like they are really uh becoming more of a couple and more connected through it and I I think that's really wonderful
1: do do you find though with writing the sex scenes because this happens to me I get really tired after I write them like 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 it's just (laughs) it's a very draining thing to write I think they're so hard to write and
0: I think maybe that's what you're tapping into too like I, I find them to be it's hard to describe people having sex sometimes where you're like I don't know like do I sound like I know like I've even had sex you know what I mean like where you're writing it and you're like have I had sex I don't know like um so yeah I totally understand what you're saying where it's like you feel I feel like I have to put in more work to the sex scenes because for me, like that's also not just their bodies connecting, but like what are they thinking? Yeah. Like how are they getting on the same page and giving each other pleasure? And um I do remember like for for better or worse, um I got this really amazing note back from my editor and she was like, could we not use the word burrow in this scene? Because she was like that's like a mole like burrowing in a hole and I was like oh my god because I do remember like have, like I went on like thesaurus or something and I was like what's
1: another word for like yeah,
0: <laughs> for, like, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that is sort of what so, kind of stymies too like how can I make this do- you know because and I know like the emotions are different and also the 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 reason for having sex is going to be different for every scene, right? Like there's going to be, there is going to be a different emotion attached. There's going to be a different reason for doing it. There's going to be, because we're at different points in the story. Um, Yeah. But, but I'm always like, wait, wasn't it missionary position the last time? Oh crap. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's all of this stuff that like you, you've got, you've got to kind of think about and like, is this spicy enough? Is this spicy? It's taking away. You, You know what I mean?
0: Well, I'm really curious. Um, just based off of that comment like the feedback I'm gonna get on my book too because I you know for for butter or worse I had the same like everything you're describing I felt like I was like a little bit like oh does this read right mm-hmm. like am I using enough like is this hot enough like I don't will anyone give a shit are they gonna like laugh at these sex scenes because it's so awkward um And then for book two, I just kind of tried to get out of my head. And I was like, what's just like some fun sex to have? Because I felt like I knew my characters were going to be a little more like silly. And so I just had way more fun because I just kind of wrote what I would want to read. And I was sort of like, I don't care if the notes I get back from my editor are like, we need to cut this entire scene because you have like 10 scenes or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like for book two, I'm a little more out of my head mm-hmm. worrying about it. And I don't know if that's going to be the same for book three or if it's going to be harder or I'm not sure.
1: Well, it's, it's funny that you're like, is this hot enough? Cause you know, now I've, I noticed, I've actually noticed on Instagram, like some reviews for your book are starting to roll out. Like I'm seeing them, you know? So just, I know, just know that, too. you know, <laughs> and like, and I love the reviewers that give you like the chili peppers as like the spice level, you know? And I'm like. And and I'll get like this great review, and I'll be like three Chili Peppers, and I'm like, Oh, is it not sexy enough? Like, oh, but is five erotica, and I don't want to be erotica, so maybe it's okay right. to be three it's Chili Peppers. Line. Like, what? Uh-huh. I'm like, is it okay to be three Chili? Does that mean that I'm medium spice? Like, am I sporty spice? Right. I don't know. Like <laughs> my sporty. What, <laughs> 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 and, oh. so I think that that's hilarious. That you're like, is this hot enough? Because I think. Um, I want it to be really hot, yeah. and I yeah, we.
0: I don't know what to say about it. I think I am bordering on erotica for my second book, and I have a feeling my editor's going to be like, you need to really stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> please paper bag, but we'll see. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, and I guess, you know, obviously it's like, well, how many sex scenes do you, uh, you know, I have enough for the story, right? Like, that's sort of like I have what works right. with, with the story, but there are definitely uh-huh. some times where I'm like, oh, I only have two in this book. Maybe I should do more. And, you know, because right. it's also, you want to make sure the reader gets what they came for. And, yes. you know, and and I guess spending too much time on spicy talk or something, I don't know. It seems like they're really <laughs> there for the heat. And that's about it. I know,
0: I know. I, I'm wondering when that's going to change or shift a little bit you know I feel like books are so interesting because by the time that your book is ready to publish then a a new trend will come out where they'll be like I hate this thing and you're like well that's in my book and I can't change it so enjoy (laughs) um but you know like I do listen to what people are saying and to readers and I, I look at reviews the good and the bad and you know I try to kind of like um absorb those in a way that is helpful versus destructive yeah. um, but you know I, I do like hearing what people like versus not so that I can kind of like not um, or not avoid them necessarily but you know like I, I think about that with the other books where I'm like oh that was a good point or yeah. oh I can see why that would yeah. uh, be kind of
1: annoying to read or you know whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it's funny um I, I you know because obviously. I read my, I know not all writers read reviews. I, I read them as well. And I know some, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of authors are like, you're crazy. And it's like, no, cause right. I, I legit want to know. I mean, I just had, um, yeah. I just had a writer, a, a reviewer, give me a three star and yeah, I love her review. Like her review is so, smart. I know. Isn't that funny? And I was like, I know sometimes that happens. Yeah. And I reached out to her and I'm like, you're absolutely on the money with this. You know, it was the first book in the series. Mm-hmm. It was with a publisher. Um, that I got the rights back and I wrote it to their specifications and I was not happy with it. And I tried to, yeah. you know, fix it on the second go, but it still wasn't a hundred percent what I wanted to write. And, um, and, the, and I wasn't in love with the, you know, with, with some, characteristics of the male character or the male main character and she and she yeah. called it out and I was like fair point absolutely I think you'll like my second yeah. book better here let me send it to you and you know right oh that's cool that's really cool that you did that you know and she was and she was like it was great it was really great feedback and it was constructive and I think that that's mm-hmm. like you know I don't know if any reviewers ever listened to this but <laughs> you know if you're gonna be reviewing like say what you say what you like say what you don't like you know I think it's the, yeah. the ones where it's hard are the ones where they it really feels like an attack like why did I just waste my yeah my whole day on this yeah where it's just kind of mean yeah and
0: you're like well okay like I can't I can't help you. I can't do anything about that. But yeah, I've, I've seen those two where it's just mean and it feels like you're being bullied or yeah, something. Yeah.
1: Because um, I didn't write the book you wanted to read. And I'm sorry about that. Right. But, you know, th- right. that doesn't mean that I should be, you know, burned at the stake here. Um. But totally. Yeah, but, you know, totally. but it was such a constructive review. And I was like, OK, thank you for this.
0: Yeah, I love those too, and I I'm so glad that you said that because I I feel like everyone is always like don't read the reviews, but for me, and maybe maybe it's because of my Buzzfeed days, but I used to I used to read um, comments people would leave on my articles so that I could get better. Mm. You know, if they were kind of like oh, like you know, people would leave thoughtful. <laughs> Feedback on articles, but also I could see. Not many, but I would find the ones that, you know, like, felt kind of true.
1: That's the one thing I would always tell clients when we started, you know, when online became a thing. I was like, you read the article, but don't read the comment section, okay? Promise me you won't read the comment section.
0: I know, I know. I always read. And you know what? It's like, whatever. Some people will read it, some people won't, but I I tried to stop reading it when I was writing a little bit. Book two, just because I was like, I don't want it to be so, um, like so influencing my writing that then I'm just writing to what other people want. Because I was like, I still need to write a book that I am happy about. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) there's
1: a balance. Yeah, there's definitely balance. But you know, like I said, I do love the constructive, um, you know, the constructive review. Me too. Me too. And I mean, I guess yeah, it probably has to do with the, the jobs, you know, I think that that gives us a little bit of a perspective on what a review is, yes. um, and what, and yeah. what's useful and how to discard the non-useful bits. I mean, not to say that the bad reviews mm-hmm. don't hurt, like they certainly can. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, to also look at it as, I don't know, a tool, right. To help like one that's tool. That's what
0: I do. Yeah. yeah I
1: try to. So,
0: yeah, but like you said, like some of them definitely hurt and you're like, okay, I've got to like log off of Goodreads now and uh, go get myself a cookie
1: or whatever. Yeah, those I don't um, read. I don't read Goodreads.
0: <laughs> yeah, Goodreads
1: is tough.
0: Goodreads is really like a place where you're like, oh no, that's, that's where you start feeling like you're getting bullied. Yeah,
1: yeah. Goodreads is really hard and I like won't go to Goodreads. I'll look at Amazon. Um, huh. You know, if I get tagged in a review, I will look at that. Although like, yes. you know, I'm hoping they don't tag me in a bad review um i know i do get tagged in a
0: lot of just like meh reviews where they're like it was fine (laughs) and i'm like okay i don't want to be tagged in this i'm not gonna reshare it like i don't know why you tagged me um i
1: i have like i have squirreled away somewhere i don't know i think it was like a fast company article um that i need to read about like about how people are like tagging people on with bad reviews or something i think it was fast company i don't know and i was just and it's just about like a how you can't how you shouldn't be doing that it's like you know buried in my things to read list <laughs> <laughs> that's right um so we should get to your your steamy scene oh i'm so glad i am too all right so um we have a little bit of a setup we gave us a little bit of a setup earlier but can you set up this scene for us
0: So, yeah, this scene is um, after Nina and Leo, my lead, have just, uh, they had a a night uh, together where Leo pleasures Nina. And um, the next morning, they are waiting for a car to be sent over because they're celebrities. So, of course, they get car service everywhere, um, including morning after uh, walks of shame car service um and they have a little time and so they start fooling around again and they end up in leo's bed and uh leo suggests a very numerical position for them to get into. So <laughs> spend So, is to
1: spend time. So now the night before when they spent the night together, well, first of all, they're still fake dating. So people like when, when yeah. someone sends the car, I know that there was like this whole, like, you need to kiss when you get out there. So the photographers will see it. And, you know, but, so nobody knows that they're actually, I mean, nobody on the team, like the, their team knows that they're faking it, but nobody else That's does right. like the world thinks, Oh, look, they're in this relationship.
0: Yes. Yeah, so no one in either of their lives at this point knows that they are together, that they've been intimate together. Um, they. This is definitely a turning point in their relationship where it's going from fake to real. And the night before uh, is a surprise to both of them, but a happy surprise and um, is equally steamy. But this one that uh, we're going to be talking about today, I think is just kind of fun because it involves both of them a little bit more and also involves
1: a position we don't see that often. We in do romance books not. For whatever reason. We do not. So, um, now just to clarify, had they had sex the night before or he just pleasured her?
0: Um, He goes down on her the night before, so they still have, they not, still have not had done the deed.
1: penetrative sex. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so this is the next morning. They've woken up. Um, I'm starting kind of mid-chapter, so here we go. (laughs) Tom is sending a car. You'll walk me out. We'll kiss, she said hesitantly. It'll be another 20 minutes before the car is here, she said a little too quickly. Any ideas of how we can fill the time? She lowered her lips to the straw in her smoothie, keeping her eyes locked on him as she sucked on the straw. Then her gaze flicked to his dick, which was alert. Holy sex eyes. Nina wasn't just flirting with him she was laying it on thick as syrup are you he hadn't had enough coffee to finish that sentence Nina put down her smoothie am I she took a few she took the few short steps to him to close the distance between them she put her hands on his shoulders and walked him backward to the leather chair in his living room she sat him down and stood over him are you okay if I touch you her fingertips left his shoulders and trailed their way down his arms, over his forearms, and down toward the sweatpants he'd tugged on. She hovered above his cock and looked at him for confirmation. His lips opened and closed. He had to make sure she wanted this just as much as he did. I'm okay if you are? She nodded. She took her hands and tugged down his pants, and he moved slightly to help. She pulled at the corners of his boxers, and he used his thumbs to help slide them off. His cock popped out at full attention and just the right height for her mouth, which opened slightly as she looked at him. She ran her nails up and through the hair on his thighs, guiding her hands toward his waiting dick. When she reached him, she started with one hand gently running over the tip, then down his shaft. He sucked in a breath as she tightened her grip around him. When her hand reached for the base of him, she opened her mouth and her tongue flicked over his head, over and over, while she slowly worked his shaft with her hand. Then she ran her tongue along the underside of his shaft, licking him in one smooth motion. When she trailed her tongue back up, she stopped at his tip and popped it into her mouth, sucking him into her with tight pressure. His hands went for her hair, gripping her as she brought her mouth down the length of him, sucking firmly as she went up and down his cock. He needed her. He needed more of her. He reached down and brought her up, releasing her mouth's hold on his dick. We're going in the bedroom, he said. I need to taste you. Uh-huh. I kind of like, really liked how you <laughs> break. Oh my god! Um, I really liked how you stop the action to move it okay. to a different room. And so I'm kind yeah. of curious, like, why not just do it there? Like, what? Is, like that says something about him, where he's like, "We're going to the bedroom because that's where you go when you do things like this." <laughs>
0: yeah, I. That's a that's a really good <laughs> observation. Um, <laughs> Do you know, I think I was, I think when I had originally written it, they actually stayed in the living room and did something else that wasn't a 69 scene and that I... (laughs) <laughs> then Spoiler I alert, like, this, is
1: I <laughs> this is a 69 scene. This is a 69
0: scene. And then I think I was like, I was like, I just, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I, I think I want them to be on the bed so that it's like actually fun and comfortable. And I was like, he's going to just move them. He's going to move them into the bedroom. It's, go, it's going. Uh, but he is, I think, also like a cinnamon roll hero. He, you know, like is very sweet and I think would want this needed to be comfortable all day
1: <gasps> while they get in because like when I got there and I was like wait wait because I obviously I haven't had time to read the whole book which by the way thank you for sending it to me um because, yes because I really enjoyed this scene and I was like oh my god this is really great I can't wait to read this <laughs> um and I, and I absolutely love the uh, I don't think I said this for butter or worse like the title is fantastic um, it was really fun. But, you know, I, I was like, wait, wait a minute. They're moving. Because I was like, why not just do it on the floor? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was like, wow, that really says something about him that he's like, wait, stop, let's go in the bedroom. Hold, hold
0: up. We we need the right time. We need the right place, the right location for what I'm about to do to you, girl. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of it was like super... Um, it was, it was super interesting. I was like, oh, my God, they're moving.
0: Oh, yeah, they're moving, girl. They're getting ready. <laughs> also, it's funny to hear you read it because, um, like, my my cousin narrated the audiobook. She's, like, a a, a narrator. Oh, yeah, and so cool. I asked her to narrate it. But I, I haven't gotten to that scene in the audiobook yet. I'm listening to it now. Oh. Um, and I'm like, it's going to be so weird to hear someone read that scene out loud but you did a great job thank you oh thank you, well, you. practice
1: think about this as a, as a side career practice now you know it's it's funny because I had the audiobook done from two of my books and I still haven't listened to the second one and um so it's obviously not out yet um but like I but it is hard for me to listen it's hard for me to like it's hard for me to read yeah. my books when they're done it's hard yeah. for me to l- hear it it's hard like so I I appreciate it when authors let me do this because I know how hard it is to hear your work again after it's out like because I just I just pick myself apart so much I'm like you could have done that better
0: me you could too have done that better me too. oh you should have yeah. used
1: a different word you know so That's like weird. I like I completely like appreciate that that authors like let me do this because I totally understand yeah. how hard this is
0: yeah it is it is a weird thing to I mean, the thing about books is, like, you could change your book a million different Mm -hmm. ways for the rest of your life. That's why, like, sometimes the advice I give people is, like, just stop rewriting and just, like, submit it or figure it out. Because I was like, you know, you could just keep rewriting indefinitely.
1: You could. I mean, you know. You could. It's not fun. But you could do it. Yeah, because the thing with a book, and I think that, like, it is never done. Period. Like that's how I feel about the book. My books are never done. They're just done enough where I can put them out into the world. Totally. Yeah. You know, otherwise I wouldn't release anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything. I'd still be working on my urban fantasy, my first. Like I wouldn't do anything with the books if I didn't (laughs) let them go. You know. Right. Mm Yeah. All right. We're going to the bed. Hold on. Her dress was tight, by the way, her dress, she must have been wearing this last night because it's walk of shame, right? Mm -hmm, (laughs) Her dress was tight, but he smoothly lifted the dress up her thighs and around her hips until he could see her panties. He pulled them down and she was wet and hot for him. He moved onto the bed lying on his back, then motioned for her to join. As she crawled toward him, he said, turn around. I want you to come in my mouth. Are we talking, are we about to 69? Nina asked. hesitated just I love this he hesitated before replying like it's 2069 (laughs) 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 oh my god (laughs) sorry (laughs) I'm like (laughs) this is just great and like no we never see this and we never talk about it and I remember when I was like a kid like in high school I was like 69 giggle giggle so anytime it right. you know, like it's just so funny cuz like it's it's one of those things that we don't talk about as adults you know no
0: no but, and i think like probably when it happens you don't really even acknowledge no. it but i was like <laughs> Leo is like a dad humor kind of guy, and so it's like he's gonna make
1: a joke about this. He's gonna make a joke. Like maybe if like us like like something pops up, like you know sixty nine dollars or at the store, like my husband will elbow me. You know what I mean? But it's like that's because like in his head, he's a twelve year old boy. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know what has been a total and absolute pleasure is like everyone loves this scene and talks about it a lot. Um. But, like, just having people just be overjoyed to talk about it. And, uh, <laughs> like, put even just type the numbers out, like, in reviews or whatever. Like, I, I saw someone posted a review and they used, like, a funny uh, GIF that where someone was saying 69. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, I'm so glad it brought joy. <laughs>
1: That's all I want. I mean, like, honestly, I never even thought thought about it in my books and it's hilarious and like of course everybody should think about this for their books because it's just one of those positions that is like yeah. I don't think about it because like I said like we it was like we talked about it when we were kids but not I don't know where did that and it's it's like there's a playfulness here that I think is super fun and like when did we lose that yeah. right like when did yeah we lose and
0: that? I I'm glad you said that yeah because I tried to be playful in my sex scenes and have it be fun and joyful and just kind of like you know you can you can like appreciate the sex scene for what it is but there's also probably going to be laughter where you know we're making jokes and talking and um just kind of like being together that way too
1: okay let me keep going sorry that was a little interruption um where are we okay she laughed and positioned herself over him the wisps of her hair teasing him before he could taste her he felt her mouth meet his cock again his hips arched to her and she took in the full length of him until he was buried deep in her mouth. That's so fucking good, he said. But he didn't linger long. He had to taste her. He reached his hands up to grab her ass, and he gently pressed down until her pussy was directly over his mouth. His tongue reached for her clit, and he drew her bud in. He nibbled at the tip of it and felt her buck against him. He could tell she liked the pressure. So he took her in again and again, rolling his tongue over and around her clit in playful circles while sucking her into his mouth. Her hips began to rock as she bobbed her mouth up and down his cock and rode his mouth with her pussy. He squeezed her ass as he focused on her clit, not releasing her or letting up on the pressure he could tell she was responding to. Leo, I'm so close, she said, then returned her mouth to his cock. He squeezed her ass hot, ass harder and sucked her into his mouth again. He rolled his tongue as he sucked more on her clit. She stilled over him. Her legs tightened. Fuck. Oh, fuck buck she choked out he held her still so he could continue to pleasure her as she moaned and finished on him with his free hand he reached down and rubbed the shaft of his throbbing cock as he felt her come, he tightened as well he pointed his cock away letting his load come on the top of his sheets they stayed like that the only sound their heavy breathing until nina's phone pinged she reached for it then said car's here in one swift move She swung her leg around him and was off the bed. He sat up on his elbow and watched her wipe herself with a Kleenex, pull her panties back on, and smooth out her dress. Oh, my God. Mm. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. I was like, holy shit, this is so funny. (laughs) She's just like, and we're done. And we're done here.
0: That's my Nina. <laughs> and we're she's done. All business.
1: That's right. <laughs> right good, one little bit. So, um, so now she's like, she's out of there, and he's got to like scramble after her, right? Like, so they yeah. go out to the car, um, and and he's in his head. Like, this was so cool. So there's like, he's having this running conversation in his head that we're in his head, so we're privy to, and he's talking about like she's got this ex-boyfriend and are they going to get back together? And, you know, he kind of feels like maybe, I don't know, like he feels like the ex has like one up on him. So it seems like, you know what I mean? So she is going to go back and maybe this is not going to work out. And like, he is such a great cinnamon roll hero. Like he really is. And that's, I think I love my cinnamon rolls. Like I love the beta hero. Um, And, and yeah. I just like having his like being in his head and having all of these insecurities for him while he's sort of like getting dressed and she's and she's already like got through she's like, I'm out, I'm out, cars here, gotta go. You know what I mean? And I was like, Oh, poor, poor
0: guy, oh my god. I know, you know, I know. I love Leo so much. And um you know, at the beginning of the book, like you almost wouldn't recognize the guy he we see toward the end of the book because he starts off as like you might start reading the book and think he's an alpha male, and then by the end, you're like, oh no, that's not what's going on here at all. Right. And um, so I'm
1: guessing his journey was to sort of see like the truth of who he was. Sort yes, of, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I think I think a lot of people put on you know, especially Leo deals with, um, mental health issues. So he has anxiety and panic attacks. Mm. And so I think a lot of people, myself included, um, who suffer from those will kind of project a different persona, um, to protect themselves. And then, um, you know, deep down you kind of get to know who they are. Um, if you're one of the, one of the people who becomes close to them. So that's, that's who Leo is.
1: Okay. I just, I want to read this because I feel like this wraps up this sort of moment that they just had. Um, they're at the car. So he, when he leaned down to kiss her, he let his true emotions escape through his lips. He pulled her in so their bodies were flush. If this was goodbye, he wanted her last memory of him to be a good one. His hands found their way through her hair. She wrapped her arms around his back and he felt the familiar tug of her nails digging into him. When he pulled away, her cheeks were flush. She showed him a small grin. And that gave him a renewed sense that he could get through the loss of her because even if he'd managed to make her happy just this once, that could be enough to carry him the rest of the way through their arrangement. Oh, poor Leo. Leo. And I also kind of love that like he wanted her last memory of him to be a good one. Like they just had like kind of raunchy oral sex. They both came. Um, That's a good memory. But to him, the good memory is that kiss Mm -hmm. and I was like oh
0: that's a really good point yeah I um you know I think he is someone who has had to do a lot of learning when it comes to Nina because he really hurt her in the beginning of the book so you know like for him to kind of he's basically constantly trying to make up for his past actions and I think this is one of those times too
1: oh wow this is like a great book super fun super funny but obviously it's got like some serious depth going on here so you know um for butter or worse, I should add, like we're recording this when it's right. July uh, 26th was the release date. I record, I
0: yeah. batch
1: record. So, I, so this is, might not be out until like mid to late fall. Um, so, but yay, it's yeah. going to be out. And I'm guessing audio will be out by then too. If audio is not out.
0: Already. Yeah. audio's out now. Okay. It's,
1: it's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. And you're well on the way with the second book, um, which will be next summer. So this is awesome yeah thank you thank you for
0: reading that so well and bringing back some memories for me because I like you like I haven't really reread it I'm listening to the audio right now but um some of these little moments with my I I love Leo so much with Leo he's a great and I mean like
1: just from like the chapter right that I read like he is a really great character but he's a really great yeah, guy. Yeah, I
0: love him. I love him. Um, I think
1: about him a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> need to stop thinking about him so much.
1: But yeah, I love him. So um, where do you hang out online? Where's the best place to find you?
0: Okay, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Aaron LaRosa Lit. And then I love TikTok. I'm on TikTok at Aaron LaRosa Writes. And I do a lot of um, <laughs> investigative videos into the Great British Bake Off. So if you're into that kind of thing, give me a follow. Okay,
1: I have to go follow you. I am on TikTok. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm a hot mess. I don't know what I'm doing. I I think that's most people. I'm, I mean, I've been on it for a while is the only reason why um, I've
0: kind of figured out something that I like doing there. Like
1: it took me literally three days to figure out how to do a fucking page flip video. Three fucking days. I was like, you did it wrong. Oh, my God. Right. Like, I was just like, a page flip video. Because I'm like, look at everybody. I'm like, that's easy. Let me flip some pages. And then I'm like, three fucking days. I'm like, I can't do this. Um that's so Yeah, it was, it was kind of horrendous. And do you talk, like, obviously, do you, like, talk, like, you're on camera? Because I feel so awkward. Like, I do. I can do this podcast, no problem. But as soon as it's, just, like, me and me, just me. <laughs> I can't yeah. do it. Like even doing like solo podcasts, I really struggle with. Like I can't. Like I need somebody there with me to like
0: talk. I to. know. I I have found um, more and more that I'm I'm talking to camera, but I think the only reason it works, and maybe this will like resonate with you too and work for you, is like just finding something that you feel really good about talking about that isn't actually your own thing. Because um, talking about myself, I find to be a really bit of a hard thing Mm. when it's just me but um like even you could probably like do something because obviously you care about these sex scenes like even if you're just like dissecting someone else's sex scene for like um, a minute video or showing the best part that might be like oh my
1: god that's genius this approach is why you're a social media manager Um (laughs) Oh my god, that's that's a great idea. Because I have to tell you, every time I show up and do like a little snippet from the show, like I get no, and I think I'm probably being shadow banned because of like the dirty words, right? So that's the other thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you can kind of um,
0: this is like a whole other conversation. So I'm sorry if it's veering off topic, but like you can change the words. Like if you do captions, like I never hashtag with any explicit stuff. Cause then yeah, they will right. like ban you and block you. But like, yeah.
1: do they, but, but so I know with like, I do change the captions, but I was wondering if you can, if, if it was the actual audio was on the audio, would that be a problem? Or like, I'm wondering if they pick it up oh. in the audio. Um, I don't think so because I know that
0: I've, said some bad words and (laughs) i don't think but it's like i you know i try not to call attention to them in any way but who knows i mean tiktok is a mystery to everyone and i have friends who work there and they're like i don't know it's it just is what it is like that's hilarious um i had like a great british make-off video that i did that was like removed for 24 hours because someone had reported it as bullying because I was talking about how Paul Hollywood cheated on his ex-wives or on his ex-wife. Um, and how I was like, I don't know. And I fought it and they reinstated my video, but I was like, I can't believe I was just like, I had a video removed for bullying for like, just stating facts about Paul Hollywood having cheated on his wives. But okay. okay. Oh my but God.
1: okay, TikTok. Apparently facts are bad. Um- That's right. <laughs> facts are bad well thank you for this the tip like that's that's awesome i'm like yay thank
0: you (laughs) i hope it works i will watch i just followed you on tiktok so you've got a new follower
1: i'll go back and follow you back as soon as we're done erin this was so (laughs) fun thank you so much for doing this
0: yeah, I had a blast talking to you. Now I want to be friends with you in real life, and I don't know how to make it happen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out a way. Well, I
1: like to go to LA. I was just there last summer, and actually, oh. yeah, over the weekend I got fed like one of those like a year ago on my phone, and I and there was somebody, the picture I took of the Hollywood sign, and I was like, oh my LA, I need to go back. Like, like I said, yes, I love please. I love LA, and you know my kid was gonna go to college there for like a hot minute. That's why I was out. We were looking at schools, and I connected with like one of my best author friends lives out there. And so like we hung out and my godmother's out there. So I got to go see her and like, and I was just like, I love it here. And then I was like, Oh, but the traffic and the traffic is so much worse <laughs> than when I was it's going in now. like the late nineties when I was like really there for work, like late nineties, early aughts. Like when I was going every like three months, I'd go to LA and, mm-hmm. um, and it, and I was like, I don't remember the traffic being in this bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's terrible. I don't know what to say about it. The only thing I can tell you is like the thing that I do and probably most people in LA would agree with is like you, you figure out the neighborhood you're going to be in there and you, and, and you just stay there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You just stay yeah. there.
1: Cause I was like, you know what, if I could live like in Venice or Hermosa beach or right, like on the, like Santa Monica, um, but maybe even like a little bit South because I don't even know that I want to be in Santa Monica proper I would just never leave the neighborhood and I would just be so happy. Yes. That's just where I want to be. Like that's a, that's a, that's where I want to be. Yeah. I know I'm
0: in Silver Lake, which is like the opposite end, but I, we really don't leave this neighborhood um, (laughs) unless there's like something urgent we have to go to, but like, you just figure out what you like in your neighborhood and you stick with it because then you're not like, driving everywhere like we walk most places um we're lucky that way because we're kind of like in the middle of of things here but yeah oh
1: my god that meant so when i went out um a friend of mine who worked for variety um moved from the new york office to the la office and i hadn't and i went out to la for um for something i don't even remember what it was and i think it was a client had um a show opening at the frank marshall theater um in the valley I think that was that was this trip and I I saw him for the first time it had been years you know so I was like let's go hang out so he was like he he came to like the hotel for some reason and we just had drinks at the hotel and then I was like okay well I'm gonna go to the newsstand because this is when, back when newsstands were a thing and you'd have like those big huge newsstands on the street that I loved in LA and, and yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the newsstand. And he was like, oh, I'll drop you off. I'm like, it's literally up the block. Like, it's no big deal. <laughs> he's like, how are you going to get back? I'm like, I'm going to walk. And he's like, you do realize only crazy people walk in LA. And I was like, well, I guess I'm crazy because I'm a New Yorker. So I'm going to walk. Like, and he was just like flabbergasted. And he came from New York. So funny. And he's flabbergasted so funny. that I was going to walk. He's like, are you insane? I'm like, the neighbor- I'm in West Hollywood. The neighborhood is fine. Like, I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I'll walk. And he was just like was so amazing. Appalled
0: that I was I walking, it. and I was like, "No, I'm walking." Yeah, I have um, in book two. One of my characters only uses public transit in LA, and so that that is a thing because um, I wanted to encourage more of it. Because I actually used to take um, the subway to get to work um, when I was at. Amazon Prime Video, and so I would take the subway from Silver Lake all the way to Culver City every day.
1: Yes, people, yes, yes, listeners, Los Angeles has a subway. <laughs> yes, we do. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do. Which I've and it's taken, great. Which I've never taken. It's great. I really loved it.
0: Um, there, I definitely saw some like people who were stone-cold weirdos. I was, I was pregnant at the time, and someone was like, can I touch your belly? And I was like, no. And <laughs> <Someone laughs> had to move like
1: across the car, but it was great. Otherwise. It was like being back in New York, really. Yep. <laughs> yep. Felt just like home. Erin, <laughs> thank you so, so much for doing this. Please come back when your next book comes out.
0: I absolutely will. And I'm so excited to start your series. I'm literally going to download it as soon as we're done
1: on this call. So I can't wait. Yay for friends. Yes, that's right. How is that for a fun read? Erin also has a book, Plot Twist, coming out. And I think I saw on social media that Erin just got another two book deal with Harlequin. So go add her to your TBR. Thanks so much for listening. Next time Meredith Shore is on the steam seat, don't forget to follow in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.